0: Hey there and welcome to the podcast Ben Sherman here the day in sports coming up on today's program we're going to talk a little bit about the Panthers win over the Patriots young quarterbacks in the NFL Jay Cutler's contract we'll give you a pick down update and another power seven update all ahead on today's podcast and welcome to the podcast. I'm Ben Sherman. Adam Hawking is sitting next to me, sunset wheat in hand. 10.20 in the morning. 10.20 in the morning. Don't tell people that. 4.50 in the afternoon. 4.50 in the afternoon. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Today we got a boatload of podcast topics to hurl at your face. Yeah. Uh, lots of football stuff. We're football heavy, but I think that's only because it's getting really interesting in the NFL. Give the people what they want. Yeah. They want football. Demand. They demand football. Yeah. Did you watch the Panthers-Patriots game? Because I watched the first two quarters and I fell asleep. I caught snippets. Yeah. Snippets? Uh, I kind of flipped back and forth. It was, it was, uh, Alicia's night for some shitty Bravo TV. Okay. So, but really that's kind of enjoyable too. Yeah, it can be. Depending on the show, you know. Just catch the fourth quarter, get your reality TV in, in, in the meantime. Um, well, what I want to talk about really was Cam Newton in that game. Yeah. Um, there's a controversial non-call on Luke Kuechly at the end of the game. And then there was also the Ahmad Brooks call at the end of the Saints game, um, in which the 49ers would have won that game. Sack, fumble, recover the ball, take a knee. I know both fan bases, Patriots and 49ers, are up in arms, but to me, these calls are going to keep happening, and they happen pretty much equally over the course of time to different teams. Mm -hmm. And especially with the Ahmad Brooks thing, I hated the call. I'm a 49er fan, but they're going to go out of their way to protect the quarterback and push this player safety agenda. So I think getting up in arms about a call is just kind of a waste of time. And we just have to be ready to kind of accept those types of things as the league sort of tries to transition to a to a safer rule set. And, you know, I think you're right. It, it goes in your favor sometimes. It goes against you. Other times it sucks when that's the way you lose a game, but that's kind of the way the NFL is. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, do you think we'll get to a point 15 years down the road where the quarterback isn't allowed to be hit at all unless he leaves the pocket? Yeah, I mean, I've heard stuff like that make it more like 7-on-7. Seven seven. Two-hand touch? Yeah, I mean, I hope not. Um, I hope that rather than doing that, we take the legal and the, and the medical insurance precautions where yeah. players sign off on what they're doing. They're fully aware of the risk involved, and then they're medically taken care of to the highest degree, and you change what you can. Maybe defensive linemen aren't allowed to be in a—you know, they have to be standing up at the line of scrimmage so you don't get the head-to-head stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, certain things you can do— um, you know, what, like they're doing, don't, no, you know, helmet to the, you know, you know, no area, no contact to the head area of the right. quarterback. Yeah. I'm not sure how much else you can really do, um, besides like putting a six apple rush in or something right? like that. Um, well, and it's like, they're really making it difficult on pass rushers now because it's like, don't touch his head, don't go for the knees. You got to either go for his feet or. Yeah. His which is a moving target. Yeah, that's tough. Man. And Ray Lewis, who gets out, you know, He can get a little overpassionate, to say the least, but he was talking about the Ahmad Brooks thing. Ask the people he murdered. Yeah, well, allegedly, was there. (laughs) Um, He used to like Ray Lewis until they beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl. But anyway, um, he went on and said he would pay half of Ahmad Brooks' fine, and I kind of agreed with what he said is, what is the defender supposed to do? Like, Ahmad Brooks won on that play, Mm -hmm. got to Drew Brees, and if it's Peyton Manning and he's six inches taller, it's just a clean sack fumble and right. the 49ers win the game. And the Drew is a small guy. How, and after you come around the corner, you're bending to get away from the tackle who's still pushing you. How do you then adjust and hit a moving target? I mean, in Ray Lewis's point, we have to be fair to everyone involved. The yeah. defensive players aren't just football players you see every Sunday. They're men with families. And these fines, even though we think they all make millions of dollars, $50,000 fines, $75,000 <laughs> yeah. fine for glancing a quarterback in the heat of the moment, does get a little excessive. That's my bigger beef with it. Well and here's a question. If he doesn't make contact with Breeze, the illegal contact or whatever, is can he make a play there? I mean he might have to does adjust and he him? might end up running right. past him. Or the or the lineman catches up with him. Yeah, and Drew Breeze steps up and maybe it's a sack but not a fumble or maybe he throws the ball away. So, I mean, there's a lot of ramifications there. I feel like they're they're it's so fast. The game is so fast. They're detracting from the ability of defensive players to make a play on the quarterback. I mean, is that just is, is does it go deeper into the whole thing of we want more offense in the NFL, or is it just I mean, because you got to think at yeah. this point, it's like, what else can the guy do? Well, I think you know maybe ten, fifteen years ago they lightened the rules to make you know uh, you can't put your hands on the receivers as much. And that type of thing to, to to help offensive production in the passing game. And now these safety rules are being put in place mostly for protection of the players. But another after effect is it's making it easy even easier for offenses where a receiver knows if I'm leaping across the middle, I should have the ability. Doesn't mean I'm guaranteed they could hit me and get yeah. a penalty. But it will be a penalty unless I come down, catch it clean, and then I'm ready to plant and move. So I mean the receiver has in his mind they can't touch me and the defensive back has that conflict in their mind right. what can I do on this play. Well I suppose the only way really and the NFL's made it so hard for defensive players to be successful, I think, or they're making and they're continually yeah. making it harder. Um in those situations the only thing you can do is play the ball and and act almost as if you were an offensive player when you're playing defense. Because yeah. you have technically the same right to the ball and all that stuff. I think you gotta play within the the system if you're gonna be successful. And and you make a good point there of, you know, they've got to play the ball like an offensive player. And the thing I was thinking about the other night, I was just watching defensive backs play, and I was thinking, God, how hard the is that? difficult position, position right? because, you know, you can play the ball, but the offensive player knows where they're going. Yeah. And you're reacting to where they're going. And these are world-class athletes. If they make a cut and you're not with them, they're gone. And now, you know, I was watching a corner that had great coverage. I can't remember what game it was, um, but, you know. It was kind of a sideline route, and, and, and the receiver was diving for the ball. The corner was right with him and had just his arm resting on his back. Wasn't pushing him or anything, but you know he's just trying to position to make a play. And it's like, at some point, what are these guys supposed to do? I think they need, I mean, just to be fair, because they've given the offense so many breaks with the rules, um, I think allowing a hand like that or some contact, as long as it doesn't give you a competitive advantage, just kind of yeah. making sure you know where that guy is. As long as you're not pulling him or throwing him off of what he's doing, I don't see any problem with that. But yeah. I guess it's hard to determine intent. But I agree with you because, like, logically, if you just think about it, the offensive player just has to worry about catching the ball. They don't have to worry about where they are position-wise on the field as much as the defender does right. because they know, I'm running 10 yards and then I'm curling back for the ball or, you know, whatever yeah. up they might be running. And the defensive back has to be watching the receiver's body position, looking back at the quarterback and playing the ball. Yeah. There's more elements for the defensive back, so they should be able to just feel where the receiver is with their hand yeah. so that they can look back and play the ball too. Yeah. If you want them to be able to play the ball, you have to give them some sort of sensory gauge of where their defender is. Well, Or you could give them eye implants in their ear holes. Right. Maybe that'll happen. There's, there really is, though, other than sticking a hand out there, I don't know how half of these guys do as well as they do. No, it's amazing. And it doesn't have to be obtrusive. I mean, you could just literally have yeah. your hand just to feel where the guy is. Yeah. And that's football. To me. Yeah, I mean, I that's not so. a safety thing. I think it's pretty easy, I mean, especially if they allowed some replay there. I think it's pretty easy to go back and look in slow motion if he's pulling or pushing or, like, throwing a guy off his route as opposed to just keeping track yeah. of where he is. is he impeding him or not? Because, like you said, I mean, these guys are running four 440s. If you turn to look at the quarterback and he either stops or keeps going, I mean, yeah. you're, you're screwed. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so enough on the refs. I want to talk about Cam Newton. Cam, Superman. Who I really don't like. And I don't either. He, I, I, I feel like everyone is saying he's kind of matured, which he has as a player. But, like, off the field I heard his interview, and, oh, the Patriots are a hell of a team, and always good to go up against a guy named, like Tom Brady. And I just feel like he's cell-phoning so the press conference. What he's figured out is how to fake – being a real person, better. Yeah, he's not a real guy. What are, I mean, he's playing great. Yeah, but the the he's really matured thing, I don't buy it. I think I think he's still a real selfish kind of guy. It's easy to really mature when you're winning. Yeah, yeah, when that he takes was, care of everything. When he was losing, the big criticism was his demonstrative attitude and you know body poor body language right. and, and you know just kind of being a, a sulky loser. Yeah. And it, it's easy to say, well, he's not doing that anymore when he wins right. every game. And what he was doing, like, if you watch early in the game, to Tlaib and Steve Smith, like, punched each other, like, on numerous different plays and were, like, fighting. And Cam Newton, the mature guy, is pumping up the crowd as his teammate Steve Smith is throwing punches. Like, that could get your best receiver ejected, yeah. Cam. You don't see Tom or Brady physically hurt. raising the roof if Danny Amendola <laughs> takes a swing at somebody. So the whole maturation thing, I guess I'm not on board with, but... On the field, he's playing, watching some of the highlights and and watching the early part of the game. He knows when to take off and run now. Yeah, he does. And the way he's throwing the ball, he throws such a tight, compact spiral. Yeah. And he's got the arm strength to put it wherever he wants. And his accuracy and his mechanics, he's planting on every throw. And you can see he's looking to pass first, waiting, waiting. If it's there, he just glides and and he runs for 10, 15 yards if nobody's open. Yeah. And that's kind of the main thing Kaepernick hasn't been doing mm-hmm. is Kaepernick steps back, frantic in the pocket and then runs straight into a defender's arm., so we talk about patience. We talked about that with Colin just not knowing what, you know, not giving him so many decisions to make. Yeah. Um, I think the big thing Cam's improved on is, like you said, planting those intermediate to long throws. He still struggles a little bit with some of the shorter ones i think just because he's got so much arm strength such change, a strong arm he puts so much zip on those balls you just he literally flicks his wrist and you yeah. watch the thing just sail it's unreal yeah, and it's and it's a tight it's it doesn't really fly high off the ground it's just like a it's a rope yeah um but he can put touch on the ball like Colin. but i will say uh i i i heard this earlier cam 10,000 pass yards 1700 rush yards so far in his career the only other player to ever do that in any 3 year span not just to start the career was randall cunningham um, so he's putting up numbers that Vic never did. Steve Young, Fran Tarkington, Elway, McNabb, Culpepper had some awesome years. Um, so he's really, really, he's only 19 and 22 as a starter, but really starting to play well. And I, I think the Panthers are a Super Bowl contender. Uh, it's, I never thought we'd be saying that. Never. After, what did they start 0 3? I, I don't know how they started. I don't remember, you know, but I. I had no idea that they were, and it's mostly honestly, not We're giving a lot of credit to Cam, but mostly yeah. my reason for that is the defense. I'm pretty sure because when they played the Vikings, I thought they were both zero and two, maybe mm-hmm. or something like that. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. They they had a bad start. It, it'll be interesting. They've won six straight, so they so they're seven. So you're right. They were one and three. At seven one and three. Four. Okay. Yeah. So I really do think. I mean, that team will be scary in the playoffs. So. Probably going to have to play in the road no matter what, but that doesn't appear to be a problem. They though. do get the Saints twice down the stretch. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's in their hands. It's in your hands, dude. Um But if they sidetrack it, even getting a first-round bye. Yeah. Because the rest of their schedule is actually pretty easy. Um, and I just think you see Cam and, and a guy like Russell Wilson. We already know about Luck. Yeah. And we believe in him, I think. But at the beginning of the year, you would have taken Cap and RG3, I think, over Wilson and Newton. And now I think it's the other way around. I mean, Russell Wilson, 21-6 and six mm-hmm. as a starter. yeah, uh, Got 105 rating this year to caps 81. Completed 64% of his passes on his career. And he's got over one and a half, two seasons, 45 touchdowns, and just 16 picks. That's yeah. Russell Wilson. And he always seems to know, just like Cam, when to run and when not to run. And we're seeing with RG3 and Kaepernick, just something mentally doesn't seem to be clicking. I think the one of the advantages, I mean, Russell's great. I think he does did have an advantage over some of those guys of coming to a team that was basically, you know, a Super Bowl contender Set. without a quarterback. Yeah. Um, a defense that's as stout as almost any in the league. And, you know, before Sidney Rice got hurt, some of the best, better wide receivers um, in that division, if not in the NFC. I would, say, I would say that's true over RG3, who kind of came in. They don't have a lot of talent on defense. Pierre Garcon is their yeah. best receiver. Yeah. Alfred Morris. God bless him, but he was a six-round pick. So. Yep. Um, but I would say Kaepernick probably has just as much talent around him, if not more. At least last year, yeah. Uh, than, than Wilson, but Wilson's been cooler under pressure. I think is the biggest thing. Yeah, and you know, losing Crabtree really—I mean, it the, hurts. The step down was so big to the yeah. next next guy in line. But it's just—it's not only that; it's just the way that they are in the pocket. Yeah, I think you can just kind of feel Wilson steps back. Cam steps back. The pocket develops around them. They sit in there. They look, and with Cap and and with RG three, the pocket's there, and they're looking at one guy, and then kind of moving. They're, it's just like time to run. Yeah. Um. So I think if both those guys would just be a little bit more patient, I think all of them are going to be great quarterbacks. Yeah. But I I think we're seeing growing pains in Wilson and, and RG or in, in Cap and RG three that we aren't seeing in Wilson and Newton. You know, it was interesting how much trust the Seattle coaching staff has in Russell Wilson um, this week against Minnesota. Uh, right before the half, their field goal range, I think uh, somewhere around um, the Vikings' 30-yard line, 12 seconds left on the clock, no timeouts. And the coaching staff trusts Russell Wilson enough to say, hey, we're going to let him take a shot in the end zone. Yeah, and the works. Works. If he misses, he's going to do it. In less than 12 seconds, and he'll leave us time to kick a field goal if he doesn't get there. Yeah, and, and that was a perfect throw oh my that he God, made. Yeah, and that's an, an amazing throw that, catch. That, that, that RG3 and, and Cap can't make right now because there was touch on it. It was as the clock expired, like you mentioned. One mm-hmm. um, well, other thing I wanted to mention about Carolina this to me is a sign that you've got a quarterback that's just efficient. They lead the league in third down conversions 48%. Wow. So they may not even get to third down that often, and when they get there, half the time they're converting it, that's going to build drives and possess the ball. With that defense, that's a pretty good formula down the stretch. And you know that who's really stepped up in a big way, I think, for them is Greg Olson. Um, yeah. He's become like this huge... Kind of de facto wide receiver, yeah. mismatch type guy. Great target for Cam. He's big and he's got good hands. I know. always thought he had the talent to do it and it just made made because he was on the Bears for a while. Yeah. just a dysfunctional offense, but Cam seems to really like him. Steve Smith is still a threat, not yeah. an elite guy and, and D'Angelo Williams is actually running pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I, I really I think they've got something going there. Um it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, one other well actually let's get into this, as long as we're on quarterbacks. Dig in. Um we talked a little bit about this. What do you do with Jay Cutler if you're the Bears? Um, not with the health thing in the short term of whether to go with McCown or whatever. I'd go with McCown in the short term let Jay get healthy, but right. he's going to be free agent after this year. Um, you've got Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, Matt Forte, your offensive line's improving. You've got a, a brand new coach, but it's going to cost probably Flacco money or near that if you want to keep Cutler because some quarterback-starved franchise, like a Minnesota, yeah. like maybe Arizona, Carson Palmer retires or whatever, or, you know, a... Uh, Plenty of other teams right. would would rather have Jay Cutler than what they have right now, so you're going to have to pay big money to keep him. He's probably not worth 110 or 120 million dollars. Yeah, Flacco is not even worth Flacco money to me. I don't no, Flacco is probably worth half of yeah. what he's getting paid. Yeah. Um, but that's just the reality. I mean, that you're right, but that doesn't change what you have to pay to keep them. So, would you pay that to keep Jay Cutler or let him walk? You know. I think we, we talked a little bit about this. The really, um, the only real sensical option for Chicago is to keep them, I think. The, yeah. Unless you really want to start all the way. And I think Chicago thinks that they're a couple pieces away from making a playoff run. I think they are, too. I mean, they could, they can make a playoff run this year. Yeah. Um, schedule isn't too tough. I, I think I picked them to go 10-6, and six, end the season 10-6 and six down the stretch, Yeah. looking at their remaining schedule. Yeah. Um, and McCown has been fine in backup. He might be able to win them a couple of games. I think they have St. Louis at home coming up. The you know, McCown could get them through yeah. that game. And then Cutler comes back. They could make the playoffs this year. Um, yeah. And they've got weapons on the outside, like like we mentioned. And uh, maybe, you know, if they re-up Cutler and then draft, they would have to draft defense. The offense yeah. is okay now. Yeah. The, the line is better. The, the weapons are good. Mm-hmm. But now it's like the defense, which has been the strong point in Chicago for so long, maybe needs to be addressed. So... I, I guess I would have to keep Cutler and then draft defense. I think I, I think you're totally spot on there. It's like, unless you really want to start over in, in with your offense and not kind of expect a great deal of success for five years, a lot of those guys aren't going to be around in five years. Yeah, and and you know the Bears they finished nine 7 seven, ten and six. Who are you got to get? Yeah. As if you let Cutler go, there aren't going to be a lot of other free agent quarterbacks no. that are. You know, Peyton Manning's not going to be hanging out waiting to get signed, unless they've got a, a <clears throat> Colin Kaepernick in their back pocket or something. No, but I don't think draft. they do. There's not one in this draft, as far as I can tell. No, and I mean even as a rookie, that's going to be hard to do. Um, sneaky other quarterback, last quarterback I wanted to talk about. So we both agree that you got to keep Cutler, right? Yeah, I, I think the really if they want any success in the next five years, that's the only option. Okay. Sneaky team, actually, and quarterback that I been thinking about that no one else will ever agree with me about. Is this a, is this a sneak from you? This is a sneak. Okay. Um. This is like, I've, I'm pretending to spike the ball and then I'm going to sneak it over the line like Matt Stafford did. Sneakiest of sneaks. Yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Glennon. Could be next year's Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not saying they're going to start 9-1 and one next year. Yeah. Um. And I don't know what they're going to do with Shiano, but I think in reading more about that, the players actually seem to not mind him. And the media has kind of overblown it. I think the media doesn't get along with him. A couple of players haven't gotten along with him, although Josh Freeman looked like a tough case to get along with anyway. Um, but they've got talent all over their team. Like if you look at Adrian Claiborne is on their D-line first-round pick, Gerald McCoy first-round pick, Levante David has been great as a, as a rookie linebacker, I think. And then you look at their secondary. Mark Barron was uh, the 13th overall pick out of Alabama. It's his second year. Deshaun Goldson, $40 million safety. Darrell Revis is still working his way back. He's could be the best or second best corner in the league. Yeah. So, tons of talent on the defense. And then, Vincent Jackson is a very good downfield receiver. Doug Martin was, uh, you know, the best, maybe the best rookie running back in the league last year. Right. Got hurt. Um, and then, we, who they have in for him now? Is that Bobby Rainey? Uh, well, they had this guy named Mike James who ran for um, 100 yards two weeks ago. Then he broke his ankle. So, Bobby Rainey is their third string back, and he went for like 160 which shows you that their offensive line can block too and then Mike Glennon what i did not realize i looked up his numbers i like the way he has got a big arm and things like yeah, that but um 11 touchdowns four picks on the year 87.7 quarterback rating you would not expect that from a rookie on a 2-and-18 no but i'm just say I, i'm just saying i think they've got some pieces for next year i like it because the more they win the better draft pick vikings get i was going to say that the bucks are getting hot a little bit oh, I, I, have the vikings slid into the two spot now I think they're tied in the two spot with, with Tampa? Tampa and Atlanta at this point. Okay, Atlanta. I didn't realize. One thing I'll tell you: I think Minnesota can pull this thing out and go two and fourteen. I really hope so. <laughs> I think they got a shot they, at it. I think I'm the really. The Jags are one and nine. The Jags are one and yeah. nine. So they'd have to do more. I, I saw a gleam in Chad Henne's eye the other yeah. day that said, "Check this out: three and thirteen. Yeah, it'll just you just wait. A very small Paul Poslowsky just looked rabid. At least I'm going to tackle my way to three wins this year. Well, and I think Jacksonville has a little bit better chance of winning at some point throughout the remainder of the season just based on the division that they're in, Yeah, as as opposed to Minnesota, other other than maybe if the Vikings get the Packers with Scott Tolzien at quarterback. Do you want to? This is a curveball. We've got our Power 7 coming up, and we'll go over our pick-down figures. Yeah. But um, I projected the playoff field in – an article that will be going up in the blog. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I do. Okay, let's take a break because I got to rewrite that down. And I see. gotta pee. Yeah, and Ben's gotta you know use the use the uh, laboratory. Is that what it is? Laboratory. yeah urinals. He's gotta use the water closet. But we'll be uh, right back in the pod. Get out of my head a bit, out of the negative, out of the pessimist, posture of doubt where everything's relative and everyone is my nemesis. Out of my head. Yeah, I just gotta get out of my bed again, look out my window, see through a better lens, look up to the sky, look up to better men, the brethren are getting together, I'm getting out of my head. Welcome back to the Day in Sports Podcast, T D I S underscore Humble on Twitter. Tweet us. Tweet me hard. Tweet at me. Uh better me. Tweet me twerk me, tweet me. Uh Adam Hawking, Ben Sherman, The TheDayInSports dot The Day in Sports on Facebook, The Day in Sports on the latest um, Mars probe. It's actually what it's called. Yeah. The spaceship that's, that's traveling to Mars. The Day In Sports probe. Yeah. We'll probe you. Yeah. I probe pretty good. That's actually should be our new handle. We'll probe you. Um Power Seven. Who are the best teams in the league? It gets kind of choppy after like one and two. Yeah. I mean, I felt pretty good about the first four or five. Like I was like, these teams, I'm not sure they're in the right order, but they deserve to be here. Okay. The last two, I was just grasping at straws. Okay, yeah, I think me too. I'll, I'll start. Go. I'll give you my number one. Seattle. Yeah. Um. To me, there's – I don't have a lot of question that they would beat Denver in the Super Bowl if it's in New York and it's cold weather. I think Seattle wins that game. Peyton Manning does this thing where he struggles – and we say, what, what happened? What happened? And, um, they've got Russell Okun back their They're all pro left tackle. Percy Harvin was back, had a nice catch in a 58 yard kick return. Like they needed more weapons. Russell Wilson is playing very well and plenty good enough for that team to win. So they're my number one. Denver is my number two. They beat Kansas city who was undefeated. Uh, I, I will say this. I think that game's going to be different in two weeks when it's in Kansas city. Uh, it was closer than, than the score indicated, 27-17. to 17, And also, that was Denver's lowest point total of the year. Mm-hmm. So even though it looks like Kansas City kind of got scorched, they actually did the best defensive job of anybody all year. Well, and a 10-point loss to Denver is not, it's not bad. bad. You can At hang Denver. your hat on that. At Denver. And, and also, let's see it in Arrowhead, where the pass rushers can get off the line. You've got the crowd noise, and Peyton does his... Dittery-Payton thing if it's cold. And they do, they don't have that advantage of high altitude. You, you watch those defensive yeah. players sucking out. Sucking air. And know. it's going to be harder to go no huddle on the road and all the things that Denver likes to meticulously control. But uh, uh, Denver was clearly the better team on that night. They've got the best offense in the league and a defense that has, I think, upside going down the stretch yeah. with Vaughn Miller and, and guys like that. Um, Kansas City, I'll put third. Like I say, I think that they may very well beat Denver. I'm probably going to pick them to beat Denver at home. Uh Alex Smith was really good in that game. A couple of guys dropped really nice passes that he had down the field, so his numbers looked more pedestrian than they they should have been. Um, He's not the problem with that team. And so, you know, still a really good defense. Like I said, they held Denver to their lowest output of the year. Yeah. Um, For Carolina, I think that they're a lot like Kansas City. They might be better than Kansas City and just had some early turbulence, but I think you would take Cam Newton over Alex Smith just because he gives you more uh, downfield potential and and more even more mobility, greater running ability. And I think the Carolina defense headed up by Keekley and then some young guys like Kuwan Short and Starla Tulele is, is right on par. Maybe not as good, but but real close to Kansas City. Carolina's going to be a problem down the stretch. Um, we've got New Orleans fifth. New Orleans. Uh, they play Carolina twice down the stretch, so we'll find out who's going to be the king of the South. There. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, but New Orleans, I, I, really don't think they, I think they deserved to lose that game to San Francisco. Um, you know, had some calls go their way, whatever we talked about that, but it wasn't so much that that, but just that they didn't look all that good. No, um, they really didn't, but I mean, I guess. They're playing a good team. Yeah, they're playing a good team and they, they did come out with a win, whatever. Yeah, however they got there, yeah. they won the game and, you know, at the end of the year, you just stack them up and, and I think all these teams in our power seven, aren't too concerned about seeding as long as they get in the tournament. I right. Think we're looking at, besides Kansas City, a lot of teams that have been there the last and Carolina the last year or two and, and just want to get into the playoffs. Um, so New Orleans fifth. I put San Francisco sixth. Uh, I still think San Francisco is a better team than New Orleans, but they just lost to them. Of course, it was at New Orleans. And I'm, I'm not that down on San Francisco because they lost by a point to Carolina, mm-hmm. who, who we think is good. Uh, they lost by three at New Orleans and we think New Orleans is, is is really good they really should have won that game and they're still getting healthier hopefully Crabtree back in the next week or so but the passing game is bad for San Francisco right now um, and I'll put New England seventh they had a chance to beat Carolina controversial call in the end zone but I still don't see the defense uh, even with Gronk, I don't quite see the weapons and I don't like I don't like them on either line of scrimmage all that much mm-hmm. I think that's important so New England is number 7, so I've got Seattle, Denver, the Chiefs, Carolina, the Saints, the 49ers, and the Patriots. Wow. How about that? Alright, give me yours. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, I also have Seattle number 1. I was I was surprised that you did. Because I, I don't like them? I thought, no, I just thought you'd go after Denver beat, because I think you had Kansas City first last week. Yeah, I mean, I think I think these top 3... I, here's what I'll say. I was giving Kansas City the benefit of the doubt because I believe that they had won everything on their schedule. Yeah, I believe in their defense, um, and I think a couple of plays go differently. They win that game. I understand the skepticism about their offense because uh, that that's somewhat justified. That they it's not Peyton Manning out there, right. running the show. Yeah, um, but I think if you matched up Seattle and KC, I like Russell Wilson better than I like Alex Smith, yep. and their I, whole offense, to be honest. with yeah, Marshawn Lynch is is and Jamal Charles maybe cancel each other out, mm-hmm. and have you know, got Harvin back and things like that. So, and, and the home field advantage. I'm trying to project a, a Super Bowl winner right. or someone that's going to get there. Seattle looks like they've got the inside track at the one seed, and who's going in there in the playoffs and winning? Not me. Not not anybody. Um. Yeah, and, and I put Denver second. Yeah, for I mean obvious reasons. I think I don't know how much ex- explanation is needed there. Um, they beat uh undefeated Kansas City team with a good defense. I mean, yeah. they did beat them on their home field, on their own home field. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, I guess. But it was a ten-point victory. It was convincing victory. I'm going I'm to throw you a curveball at number three. Okay. The Panthers. Don't mind that at all. I pushed them up hard. and yeah. I, You know, they're. this isn't just, obviously, just about record and, and wins and losses. I think right now they're playing... Six in a row. ...as good as anyone in the league. I mean... I think even Seattle would have a tough time beating the Panthers. Oh yeah, because right now. Cam would be. First of all, he's not just fast; he's hard to sack when you get your hands on him. Yeah, he's, he's huge. He's Roethlisberger plus speed. Yeah, is basically what he is. Roethlisberger, but in shape. Yeah, and and that defense, I think, would really frustrate Seattle, who's not explosive offensively. No. They're good enough. Yeah, is what they are, and I think Cam. I think it would come down to would Cam outplay Russell Wilson? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think on any given day, it could be either one, mm-hmm. but I have no problem. You know, I think Carolina is one of the big boys. They are, definitely. That defense has pushed them into the elite. Luke they- Keekley is the best linebacker in football. I don't like saying that because Willis and Bowman are mm-hmm. on my team, and they're probably two and three. Yeah. But Kuechly right now is the best. I really think that their linebacking core, in general, allows them to have the defense that they have. Thomas Davis flies around, and then you've got up front Starla, too, like yeah. who just occupies space. He's kind of like their Helody Yeah. Yeah, their defense is good. Um, so, yeah, they're three. I got Kansas City at four. Uh I so flip-flop the Panthers and Chiefs. Yeah. They're still in there. I wasn't overly impressed by. I mean, they dug themselves kind of a hole in Denver and they couldn't get back out of it. Defense really played well, though. Yeah. I mean, they were with. Denver kind of slowly stretched it out and, and proved that over the course of 60 minutes were better. Well, and the funny thing is. After going down 10 nothing, Kansas City went step-for-step step with the Broncos. Yeah, so it really did. On their home field, too, you know, at mile high, so that's there's something to be said for that. It didn't look like it was too big for Kansas City, either. No. Maybe early, yeah. like you said, to get down 10 nothing, but then they kind of said, we can run the ball here. Uh, they didn't do any sort of gimmicks uh, in terms of defensively, uh, pressure-wise. Yeah. That you'll see maybe the Jets or the Ravens due to Peyton Manning with standing guys up and zone blitzing. They, they basically played man straight up. Mm-hmm. And everyone was saying, well, you can't play man coverage against Peyton Manning. He'll kill that every time. Well, he scored the least points he scored yeah. all year. So something worked. If you have the right personnel to do it. Yeah. And, it, and if you can hold Denver to 27 points, who are we kidding? You, That's probably your best chance. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's. A turnover or one more stop away from being twenty-four points or yeah. you know twenty points. You hold them to a field goal and you and you force a turnover. You can win that game. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's good for Kansas City. And again, I mean, it's that's a tough place to play when you're not used to the altitude. You see guys struggle in there all the time. Um, New Orleans at five, only because kind of as I hit the last three here, there wasn't a whole lot of jump out at you teams. I mean, Cincinnati is leading the the AFC North. And we all kind of I I think we're all kind of tempered on Cincinnati. We all see the talent, but then we see sort of like the cowboy jet syndrome where they're kind of week to week. I know they're seven and four, so they're a little bit better than that, but it just seems like any given week, and especially in the playoffs, they might show up and just take it down. So I mean that's kind of disconcerting. So yeah, I mean New Orleans I think is I would I was comfortable moving them anywhere from, you know, three to seven. I feel like they could you could make an argument for any of those spots. What's your take on the Saints on what their destiny is for this year? I think. I mean, they're really good at home. Yeah. We saw them kind of put it on Dallas, forty first downs. Yeah. And then who did they play this last week? San Francisco. San Francisco. But they did not. I mean, they should have lost that game yeah. at home. Um, I think if that game's anywhere else but the Superdome, they probably lose. But yeah. that's why it's hard to bump San Francisco so far. But, but they lost the game, right? Um. so New Orleans, five, I think their offense is, Drew Brees is going to keep you in games and their defense um, on a good day finds ways to turn the ball over and, and give the offense the ball back. So I guess, I don't know what, there's something that's sticking in my craw about New Orleans. They're eight and two. Mm-hmm. They've got Drew Brees. So it's kind of like the Brady, Belichick, Brees, Sean Payton. You just feel comfortable with them. And one of those losses was... To the Patriots at the very last second of the game. But just watching them, I just don't feel like they're gonna march through or go through the playoffs unscathed. I can't see them, well, I can't really see anyone, but I can't see them going to Seattle and winning there at that venue. That's I, I, I just I just think they're prone to getting pushed around on, on the lines of scrimmage. I think we saw, we've seen over the course of the season, Seattle's secondary is very aggressive. They have the most pass interference penalties in football. I think Drew Brees is probably going to be able to do something against that. Not to mention, you On know... On the road, though? At Seattle? I, I mean, we'll look at... I mean, I know that they blew the Vikings out, but look at what their second string wide receivers did. I mean... But how many points did the Vikings score? 13? No. no. I didn't what was the final score in that game? 41 mm-hmm. to 13 or something like 41 that? 41 to 20, I think. 41 to okay. 21. So, I mean, they were pulling them out. There's right. Some, there's going to be some garbage touchdowns and things I like would that. You, oh, I was just concerned, like before got out of hand... I mean, because they went. It was 10-10 with. I mean, it is the, the NFL. Vikings aren't going to just come out and be right thirty to zero. I just saw some things in that secondary that because I've always been a big proponent of them being the Legion of Boom and you yeah. know the best secondary in football, but their aggression and I think maybe you pointed that out how aggressive they are. I think against a, a great quarterback who is who can pump fake well and, and can sell that stuff may come back to bite them in the butt. It's possible, yeah. but, but I, I, mean, I, I don't I, think Drew Brees goes down the field that well. That'd be my only, I think he's an intermediate and, and short route passer for the most part. And I think that plays well to Seattle because they want to bump and run and press you, and they're mm-hmm. so big and physical. I think they could take a Jimmy Graham out of the game right. in some regards. Um, I, I just, I wouldn't be it'd shocked. It'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting game, for sure. I just wouldn't be shocked. I mean, the Saints don't surprise me anymore when they just show up and put a whooping on someone. Yeah. When Drew Brees is on and he just is firing the ball all over the place and they win pretty handily, it doesn't surprise me anymore. But who um, on that New Orleans team is going to get open? You know who yeah. scares you? Well, Colston has kind of come around the last couple weeks. But I look at Colston and I say that is Richard Sherman chum in the water because he's slow. Yeah, he's big, yeah. so Sherman can get his hands on. They're, him. Maybe, but they're maybe almost not, the same size, except I mean. yeah, Sherman's younger. Who's that other young that? guy they had? Um, Kenny Stills, yeah, Oklahoma. Kenny Stills, oh, yeah, Oklahoma. He, he shows some flashes and Darren Sproles. I think is the biggest mismatch. He'd be the out key there. He would be the key. And I mean, once you start focusing on him, because that's where I think that's where a lot of their offense comes from. They do these little short screens and dumps to Sproles, and you start playing a little further up, and then they can get a little bit of that more medium range stuff going. But yeah, it any de- I mean, if the defense shows up and plays well, I'm eating crow. So well, I'm just thinking. I was looking at you know. San Francisco, who doesn't have as good a defense as Seattle, mm-hmm. um, on the road really kind of did a number on New Orleans. And yeah. I think if you went, I, obviously different game, different week, it would be in the playoffs. But I I can't see Seattle not making the Super Bowl if they get the one seed. Yeah, they don't have one thing I guess about Seattle. They don't have really bad games. I mean, aside no, from the really. one loss, and that wasn't even to a, the Colts. Yeah, that wasn't even a bad game. You lose to a good team. Um, so they don't make a lot of mistakes, but. We'll move on away from New Orleans. I got Indianapolis six. Really? Just because again, what we're looking... seven and three now. I think so. Yeah. I don't. I don't believe now that Reggie Wayne's gone. That's my contention. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. And you know, I guess once we get down to this part of the list, we're not really talking about Super Bowl teams. Yeah. I mean, who else is there? I it, I could put San Francisco in Indianapolis and even New Orleans. I mean, those are almost interchangeable. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Indy six just because they've got a good record and they're going to make the playoffs, Um and then San Francisco because I I think it was an encouraging loss if you can have that. Yeah, I mean you hate to when you've been to the Super Bowl and stuff like that have a uh, a moral victory, yeah. but they're not the same team this year that they were last year, and no, maybe they'll get there because they've got about as soft a schedule as it gets down the stretch. They get the Cardinals, Rams. Falcons, Redskins, yeah, uh, and then Seattle at home. You know what surprises me is the Rams aren't necessarily – they're not always the easy beat they're to be. Yeah, yeah. But then again, I mean, it's – They're it's a weak team. They don't they, show up. They've got good defensive personnel that when they show up, you know, force turnovers and make it a competitive game, or they could just lay an egg on offense. and yeah. It would be horrible. I wonder how much that has to do with – I'd like to look into turf and grass. I think they play really well indoors. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're built for, for pass rushing. But that's it. That's my seven. Okay, so you've got, let me see here. Seattle 1, Denver 2, Panthers 3, Kansas City 4, New Orleans 5, Indianapolis at 6, and the 49ers at 7. Okay, so I just don't have the Indy in mind. Right. Um, And we could argue. I don't know. It's it's getting harder and harder to argue about these last few teams. eh? I mean, you could pick anyone. I literally, for a split second, did consider Cincinnati, and then I slapped myself. I kind of thought about them, too, just because I think we both like their talent Mm -hmm. all year. I Um, still think the Colts are better than them, though. Just because of Andrew Luck versus Andy Dalton? Yeah. 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 It's hard to argue. Red rifle my ass. (laughs) Um, In the pick down. Pick me down. That sounds like that might be the title of this podcast, Red Rifle My Ass. I always like to try to guess what Eric's going to come up with, but he's very sneaky. Yeah. You never know. And now that you've said it, it's probably not going to happen. I know. He always does that. You've crushed the little troll. He was sneaking the same way. Yeah. Um, Pick down. Pick it. Our quest to be better than Dan Marino at picking games. And so far, so good. I think for some of us, not for me. I was 7 and 8 last week. It was ugly. It's a tough one. I went Chiefs, 49ers, and a bunch of other stuff that was wrong. Well, you've got to gamble if you want to make up ground, though, right? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have that much ground to make up. Now I do. Now I have to gamble. Gamble hard. Now i got to put myself in that spot. I want some real upsets. Hello, Tampa Bay. You're yeah. my new dark horse. I'm picking <laughs> you every week. What a dog. Um, so I went 7 and 8. Ben went 10 and 5. Eric went 10 and 5. So you guys are now dueling. Me and Eric continue to swap sloppy seconds. Fluids. Um, but so overall, Ben, you're kind of running away with it. Uh, 105 and I think, 57. I think the, game, the lead has been like four or five games almost the entire time. But it needs to start shrinking if it's going to go the other way because there aren't that many games, and there aren't that many weeks left. So, I don't have many shrinkage problems, i got to be honest. How do you walk around with those things? I don't 105 and 57 for Ben. 162 for Eric, and 98 and 64 for yours truly. It's a tight pack. It's still a tight pack. Yeah. Um. Let's continue the NFL meat sandwich that we're on. Yeah. It's like baking meatloaf. It's just like eating steak with a side of steak. So I went through, yeah. yeah. Have you seen that Taco Bell uh, triple steak? <laughs> I really like that. Where that, guy that guy's like, I can run with these guys. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to make it rain yeah. out here. That was a travel. Yeah. Watch that commercial. Check it out. Taco Bell, unofficial sponsor of the podcast. Unofficial. They don't even know. But they will. <laughs> Someday. Uh Cheesy Gordita Crunch. Seattle. Okay. Not Seattle. I'm going to go through. I wrote an article, like I said, projecting the, the six seeds in the NFC, which was hard enough. I didn't do the AFC because that's even more convoluted at this point. Got to get out your six-sided die for that one, Alexa. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks exactly. <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> Douchebags are hygienic. <laughs> what does he say? Douchebags are a hygienic product. I take that as a compliment. Yes, thank you. I couldn't think of it. Um, so I went through the NFC and projected who are going to be the seeds. Yeah. Seed me. Gotta do it for the seeds. Uh, number one, Seattle. Uh, they're 10 and 1. They get New Orleans, who is one of their biggest competitors for that spot in Seattle. Yeah. I think they win that game. That'll be interesting to see. That's, that's in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think I pegged them finishing 14 and 2. So that would mean they'd go four and, one down the stretch. I don't think it's unrealistic. Well, if they lock up, especially if they lock up the top seed, they may give some of those guys a rest. They could the probably end. go 13-3 and three and still get there. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's I would say 80% Seattle gets the one seed. Yeah. Um, you're like this. Number two seed, Carolina. Woo! They get New Orleans twice down the stretch. I think they take them. Uh, well, I think they split with them, and New Orleans has to go to Seattle. I think New Orleans loses that game, and Carolina wins out Besides splitting with uh, with the Saints, and then Carolina would win by virtue of better record versus common opponents mm. because they beat the Jets or they beat the Patriots, and they have a chance to beat the Jets. And the Saints already lost to both those teams. That's a very measured approach that I appreciate. Yeah, Bold I tried to really do it. I had to look up NFL tiebreaking procedures yeah. and it they, was down on like step four. I feel like they change them like every other year. Yeah, too. it was like division record, then conference record, then record against common opponents. So common opponent, Carolina. Bold. Finishes 12-4 and four just like the Saints, but Carolina gets two seats. I wonder, I wonder what step-oldest average age of player is in the tiebreaker scheme. It went down to 12, but I didn't see that. Okay. So maybe that's in there. Yeah. Maybe if your coach, Ron Rivera, wears transition lenses like he does. Yeah. That could be a tiebreaker. What was calling him last night? Um, Rivy? Really? No, it was like... Uh, a Rivera runs through it? They, were, <laughs> they kind of no, like that Ron. Riverboat Ron. yeah, riverboat Ron. Oh, That riverboat, was it. Ron that was it. Thank you, Eric. For the only coherent part of the po- yes. podcast so far. Yes, I liked that because you know he's a he's a gambler. And he wears transitions. So that was a real divergence. Continuing, he likes to be comfortable. Yeah. So Seattle one, Carolina two, which I think would be kind of cool. Kind of the new nouveau riche, the yeah. new the new teams breaking in and, and getting I'm getting rich. getting, like getting uh, uh, the first round buys. This is gonna be. This is gonna grind your gears too. Mm. Packers, three c <laughs> and the and the way I have them doing it because I have Chicago and the Lions doing pretty well, finishing ten and six. Right, they're both six and four right now, so they'd go four and two down the stretch, which would mean the Packers would win out, right, from here on out. Okay, but they've got an easy schedule. Their next game, no offense, is against the Vikings. Rodgers might be back, even if he's not. I think they could win that game. I don't know, man. Um, know. You, you know, Tolzine, Scott Tolzine. Tolzine. It's got Tolzine. Christian Conder is better than Scott Tolzien, I think. Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, he's not gotta, real good. Well, let me crunch the numbers, but I think that. Yeah, but he doesn't have very many good receivers. I mean, he's, he doesn't have Jordy Nelson. Hmm. Is Cobb back? Jordy Nelson? I mean, yeah. Wait, Jordy Nelson's in, isn't he? Yeah, Jordy's back. Oh, I thought he said he didn't. He did, he's been there the whole year. Back. Yeah, I have always James Jones back. Mm-hmm. So he's got James Jones. He's got Jordy Nelson. I actually think the Packers' defense is better than the Vikings' defense. Uh, you've got Adrian Peterson, but you've had him all year and you're 2-8. and eight. Mm. So, Well, they don't run the ball anymore. I mean, Well, that's because you want to spread it out with Ponder, yeah, I guess. Um, so anyway, I picked the Packers. So I'm, I'm I'm saying, well, they would win the division, so they'd be the 3 seed. It's by virtue of division. So if they go 11-5, and five, they'd have to win out, but they'd win the division. I think Rodgers, if he's not back this week, will be back the week after. Um, number 4 seed, Dallas. Not because they're going to have a sweet record. I Picked them to finish nine and seven, but they'll win that terrible NFC East. They've mm-hmm. already beaten the Eagles once, and I think they'll beat them again. If they do, that'll pretty much sew up the division. Yeah. Both have about the same record. New Orleans is the five seed, even though they're twelve and four by virtue of losing out to Carolina. And then San Francisco, who's got a real easy schedule down the stretch, I picked them to go eleven and five and beat out the Bears and the Lions. So So the Bears and Lions both go ten and six and miss the playoffs. Wow. Which the Bears did last year too. Yeah, so the the Bears can say we were twenty and twelve over the last two years, and not one playoff draft to show for it. So you're saying the Packers will finish ten and six and win the division? I'm saying the Packers finish eleven and five, so they're gonna win out. Yeah, look at their schedule. Six more games though. Look at their schedule. I just don't. Th- I'm not okay. They're one. They lost to. There's the a lot of cupcakes. Nick Foles led Eagles. They had look who their quarterback was, yeah. and Nick Foles has something like eighteen touchdowns and zero interceptions. Show me that streak in Christian Ponder's career. Well, I yeah, have, but. So, okay, let's read the Packers schedule. Okay, hold on. Let's scroll here. We're scrolling. So, let's say one more game with Tolzien. Vikings at home. You think that... you? Th- so, you're assuming that Rodgers will be back by Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yes. So, Rodgers is back for the Detroit game. Yeah. If he back. is back, they can win. Then That's a win at Atlanta. Home against Atlanta it's with Rodgers yeah. at Dallas. Dallas is terrible at home. And Rodgers versus Romo, who you going to take? Romo. Okay. Well, he's my fantasy quarterback. I have to. And no, I, I know Pittsburgh at home, fantasy. and then the cho- choke it away at the end of the year. Bears. The, the three road games left are a concern. This week at Detroit's really going to be kind of the turning point. If they win, or I'm sorry, next week at Detroit, right? Yeah. For the Packers, yeah. yeah. After the Vikings game, I mean, they've got to win the Vikings. They've game got or to or win the done. Vikings game, or they're done. But we'll, let's assume that they do, just for argument's sake, and. Next week in Detroit, say Aaron Rodgers comes back against a, a, an aggressive. But all systems are court. going once Rodgers is back; they can win any game. Do you, but you? Do you have any concern about him taking a shot and, and getting hurt again? Yeah, but that's my concern with any quarterback. I just feel like those having known, having had a friend, a mutual friend of ours, Brett Baumgart, who had broke his collarbone. It's hard to heal. Yeah, it can be a pain in the butt. So, and taking shots from big fat guys like Nick Fairley and, and Donna Kong Sue. Um, isn't usually good for collarbones. No, I, 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 just, I agree with you. I mean, it's definitely a concern. I went out on a limb. Yeah, I know that. It's a gamble. You're Ron, you're Ron Rivera today. My opinion is, if they can survive Minnesota, they're six and five. They're right with the Lions and right with Detroit. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't win out, I think they'll be right there. And Aaron Rodgers is so far superior to Cutler and superior to Stafford that I just trust him to win those games down the stretch. Yeah, I do think I uh, will say for the Bears. I think outside of Calvin Johnson and maybe one or two other guys, Brandon is probably one of the best wide receivers in football. And Jeffrey's been really good, too, yeah, as yes. a compliment. Kind I, of the same size type guy. Yeah, and I think that what helps him a lot there is, okay, you're going to double up on Marshall, we're going to throw to Jeffrey and vice versa. Oh, and, Forte underneath, who's been a really good threat for them this year. And those big wide receivers, Brandon Marshall is like... uh Outside of Calvin Johnson, probably the most physical, like, just big-body guy. Yeah. They're actually be... an interesting matchup if they were to somehow meet Seattle. Yeah. Uh, it'd be interesting to see Jeffrey and Marshall versus Browner and, and yeah. Uh, Sherman. Yeah. I, I just – Brandon Marshall in single coverage, you know, uh, kind of a Keyshawn Johnson style of play. It's just a monster. A little bit of a basketball player out there just yeah. losing his body. And then um, – so I've got Seattle 1. Two-seed Carolina, three-seed Green Bay. Did I give you all the seats already? Dallas, yeah. I think Dallas, four, five New Orleans, six yeah. San Francisco. So um, the matchups that we would be left with then in the first round would be San Francisco traveling to Green Bay. Ooh, that'd be a good game. Yeah, which would make Eric nervous because they've lost three in a row. But I think if Rodgers is healthy, I think it's probably time that Green Bay wins that game because I don't see Rodgers losing four straight times to one opponent, especially with forty nine ers struggling, but I think that'd be a fun one. Mm. And then we'd have New Orleans actually going to Dallas in the uh that's kind of a crime because they'd be twelve and four going two, nine, and seven if yeah. Dallas wins the division. Yeah. I don't think that matters where they play though, New Orleans would win that game. And Dallas just doesn't they don't have it in it, and you know what it is. Defense. Yeah. <laughs> Good players. Or a running game. Yeah. No. Or a legitimate owner. Uh yeah. I I don't it's know. It's not senile. Sweet yeah. stadium, though. Mega it is. Board. Yeah, wait to, just wait till the Vikings get their new the stadium. We're going to go to like a billion games. Yeah. We'll put them all on my credit card, and then it'll be a credit card in someone else's name. Yeah. Identity theft. Yeah. Coming it up on the podcast. Be. I'm eating peanut butter toast. Yeah. Um, podcast toast. It's podcast toast. What else you got? I, I, I think I'm done. We need to take a break here. Uh, let's take a break. We got our closing segment. Okay. Which we are excited about. Got some pop culture stuff. I just had to swallow there. Um, Thank you. Yes. A new word has been added to the Oxford Dictionary. They select a new word each year because of its use and penetration into our culture. And I will tell you what that word is and why the world's ending because of it after this break. back to the podcast if you are a frequent listener you know that the last 10 to 15 minutes are always the most important because they are completely trivial and we're loosest and that makes sense somehow in the bow Ah, uh. <laughs> yep um so the oxford dictionary every year i guess uh adds a word to the official english language the o this is the oed right it's the official yeah whatever that means um Oxford English Dictionary. Yeah. So that I means? Yeah. I caught on. You got it. Um so a new word has been added to reflect the culture and the parlance of our times, and that word is selfie. And to me that means the world is ending. Yeah, it does. Because people with the word Oxford in their name are now giving legitimacy to people that take selfies of themselves with cleavage in the bathroom. I'm into it. Have I just you, don't have wanna, you ever taken a selfie. I just don't want to call it that. I think so. maybe not like one specific time that I can remember, but I, I I'm assuming I had to have at some point, right? Maybe you were like bedazzled at one point and you thought you were looking really good or just like sent somebody a funny picture of my balls or something. That's a selfie, right? Yeah, that's a ballsy. That's ballsy. ballsy. yeah. um do you know what what came in second? I do know, but only only because I was privy to the secret information from Oxford before it was released to the public. Do you care to tell the people? It's one of my favorite terms. Yeah. Something you do often. I do it so hard and so good. Yeah. It's twerking. Twerk. I thought twerk should have won. Yeah. it's better than selfie. Maybe twerk defines our, not our age group because we're a little bit older. Yeah, I'm too old for that. But, uh... Our culture of stupidity yeah, and shameless sexual promotion just which, a little bit more. I do like shameless sexual promotion. Yeah, but I and I think a selfie can be that, too. Yeah. I, it can I, be fun. I always think of selfie as, like, some kind of masturbatory thing that you're doing. Yeah, or at least something to induce a masturbatory activity on somebody else's part. Yeah. Uh, which also is twerking, is the same kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, but I would have put twerk one, maybe selfie two. yeah. But, I hate both of them, to be quite honest. But you know, that's where we're headed. This is where we are this now. This is this is the the world we've officially. Our generation is no longer like the in generation. We've we've been eclipsed. We're old guys yelling at people to get off our lawns. Yeah. Oh, what a tangled web we weave. And I'm I'm an old guy who goes to bed at nine thirty to read my book until I fall asleep. Read a sports illustrated, fell asleep at nine o'clock last night. Ooh, that's the way to go, though. Yeah, it's good. They feel great the next morning, I've, I've become really transfixed on... Well, I would, but I have to get up every night to feed this guy a baby Yeah. in the middle of the night, so he kind of hinders the sleep pattern. I was kind of hoping like you wouldn't explain it and people would just think you were pointing to something else, like yeah. some other person Eric. or a creature in the room. I usually have to... Eric has night terrors and he calls me weeping. He needs cookies. At least three times a week and I have to bake cookies and run them over to his house. But that's what friends are for. There's no terrors. He just tricked you to give them some cookies. What a plot. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, we're, we're doing something new this this time around. We got a new, we got some fresh ideas to hurl. I forgot what we were doing. Uh, MVP of the week. Yes, any oh, sport. Yeah. Um, can I give you mine first? Yeah, I want you to give me yours. first. Ron Rivera, Ron the Riverboat Gambler, the Ron Rivera Boat Gambler. Yeah, uh, I'm the hot seat for you know since he's been there, but now seven and three wins over San Francisco, wins over New England, uh, over New England. Um, they look like they're at least going to be a wild card with their, with their schedule down the stretch. So he, his job's going to be safe. Yeah. Unless they really collapse. Should be. He's gotten Cam, whether it's him or, or the offensive coaching staff, he's gotten Cam kind of the next level. He's coaching that defense. Well, and he wears transitions lenses. Yeah. So all of that adds to a clear MVP. The biggest part, I think, for you, the biggest selling point was the lenses, wasn't it? Definitely. Okay. Without good. a doubt. Um, I think Ron Rivera is secretly also coaching USC at Oregon, Because they look almost, they, uh, that's probably really generic of me to say about like two Latino guys, but. Ortrons like Cajun. Is he? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. That's why he talked like this. I don't know. Maybe he's, I don't know. That's from the I've got conspiracy theories. I know you. Do. Anyways, uh, my MVP is going to be, I'm going over to the NHL. Yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna take a Homer pick. Okay. Are, are you shocked? No. <laughs> Good. No, I'm not. I'm glad that I'm, I've, I've really represented myself well. <laughs> Um, I'm going with Josh Harding, wild goalie. And hey, nobody thought, Joshy. everybody thought his career was over. MS struggled last year. How is it, he playing with MS? He is literally the best goalie in hockey right now. And right. I don't know how. Has it just not taken effect yet, or? No, because he had real, it's a medication thing. It's he finding the right medication. It. Um, and last year he really struggled with adjusting to this medication, I guess. And he had a really tough time. Yeah. Um, but right now, He's the best goalie in hockey, shockingly, and the only, the only reason he got a starter's chance was because of a couple injuries to Nicholas Backstrom, um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's got the second best save percentage in hockey at 94.6, and um, his goals against is also awesome, so I mean, what do you say about that? Okay. A guy with MS that plays hockey. And he's got a coach with transition lenses. Yeah. And he's got the the Wild within two points of the lead in the Western Conference. Not just their division, the conference. MS, a real disability. Transitions lenses, a social disability. Right. (laughs) A social (laughs) disability. My dad's going to be really upset to hear that. (laughs) It's old Ben Moss and wore those for way too long, Ben. I Um, thought he still might. I think he's out of them now. Get him some he money. rocked him. Let's get him some It money. was all the confidence that he wore him with. That's what. That's what made it work. So um, I think we've got to wrap up here because I got a fussy four month old sitting on my lap, and the baby's unhappy too. Oh, um, but we did NFL heavy. But what do you want from us? That's what we love. That's what you love. We talked selfies, uh, Power Seven, NFL seating, the pick down, uh, Sneaky Mike Glennon stats, twerking selfies. <laughs> what more could you want from a podcast? What um, more could we do for you, people? Other than give a good selfie, nothing. Okay, we'll post a selfie. It's going to be sexually explicit. Yeah. TVMA. Um, what, is, what is it? NSFW? NC17. NSFW. Not safe for work. Yeah. Take or, that to the bank. Or anywhere except your sex dungeon. O E D. NSFW next year. That could be a word. We're going to need a safety word on the podcast next time if it gets too violent. Okay. What do you think it should be? Kerfuffle. Kerfuffle? I think we've run out of gas here on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we're puttering, we're puttering across the finish line. Thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. As always, Ben Sherman, Adam Hawking, the Day in Sports podcast, T-D-I-S underscore Humblebrag on Twitter, the Day in Sports on Facebook, thedayinsports.com. Goodbye. Keep the sunny side up.